Hands still up. Come on, boys. That's ridiculous. No, He's <laughs> doing a fucking podcast. Like <laughs> You get so tired. Oh, my God. Oh, man. It's a battle of attrition. Whoever has their hands at the longest can. That's not what know. a war of attrition means, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Kind of. Yeah, we're pushing really. up. We're all pushing against gravity. <laughs> man, would make you it get, worse. Would you, make it worse. would you eventually get jacked? Or would you just like get hurt? I think you. Uh, I don't know. What I don't think happen. you're gonna build muscle mass just by holding your own arms up long enough, though. Over like decades. Okay, hang on. I'm not talking <laughs> decades. It's like a it's like a podcast. You guys are complaining about a three hour podcast. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome. What? what? You got a problem with my intro? Uh, yeah. This is the Damon Patch Podcast episode 438. Who doggy? That's a lot of numbers. 438. The Who, the who Doggy Podcast. The who Doggy Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. Tim Spence is here. Hello, Tim. Hello, Ryan. How Hi, are Lawrence. we feeling tonight? Okay. Heading into a long weekend. You guys got plans? Matt? Matt's here as well. I am. You guys got plans for the long weekend? I didn't even know it was a long weekend until about four hours ago. Is it a long weekend <laughs> for you guys? Maybe it's not, actually. I am working one day and then golfing the next, so kind of. I don't know if it's a long weekend, is it? It's it, is a long, day. It, it is a long weekend. Okay. It is a long weekend. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, I don't have anything set up yet, so... Wait, okay. wait, normally, for, the, wait for the show? Like, we have our no, show no, notes in front of us, we don't have no, anything no, set show, up. The show layout is set up. But, but like, in previous episodes, we had I had fun facts, and I also had Adriano's dumb little questions. Well, Adriano right here. I don't have any of those uh, ready for you. If Adriano were randomly here, look, what would his dumb little question be? Uh, I don't know. Ask ChatGPT to give us an Adriano's dumb little question. I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. I'll do the Bing AI and see if it see if it works. Um. Oh, well, got, I do have a fun fact here. This I did not know. The Spanish national anthem has no words. Cool. That's interesting. Is that is that like unique or something? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Is there no other place that does that? Well, it's that does that like, everyone else is singing? Well, I mean, I guess every other national anthem I've ever heard did have lyrics. So, yeah, but I don't know if it's like, is it just common, but not, you know what I mean? Well, like, are there, well, are there a bunch of because, other places that have no lyrics? Is the question. Well, I think you have lyrics. You have lyrics, and then people can sing and be patriotic and whatever, right? So it's interesting that you would make an anthem without lyrics. Do people just yeah. hum? Did they, they, just, they hum yeah. the rhythm? Everyone has perfect tonal uh, hearing <laughs> yeah. in Spain, so they just all hum along perfectly in key. That'd be awesome. All right. There, anyway, there's your fun facts. Uh, <laughs> the 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 Bing also failed. I'm sorry, I couldn't find any information on Adriano's dumb little questions from the Tail Patch podcast. But then it goes in to tell us that uh, we're a weekly gaming news podcast. 
Oh, here's another interesting one. I guess, well, it's interesting to me. The real name for a hashtag is in Octothorpe. Yeah, Octothorpe, yeah. The octo refers to the eight points in the symbol, but according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the Thorpe part is a mystery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nobody knows what the Thorpe comes from. You know, that looks like an Octothorpe to me. Did you guys did you guys do that thing in school, elementary school, where you start learning the different shapes? So it like, you know, it goes up and it's like, oh, this is a square, this is a triangle, this is a you know, a pentagon, whatever. And it keeps going up, but then you get those ridiculous longly long name ones, like a dodecahedron and all this crap. Did you guys ever do that? Yeah, like I I don't know if it was in school specifically, but I've definitely like watched videos even of just like it going from triangle to square to um you know like just going up and up and up and up and then eventually it's it's getting into like ones that have like 140 sides like you know it's, it's, which is effectively a circle at that point but there's technically a name for it <laughs> or like a three-dimensional shape that's got uh that many faces to it it was one of those things in school that I pretty quickly identified as like, I'm not going to use this again. Like no, no one in my life's like, Jesus, hurry up. And then they draw like a shape real quick. Like, what is this? What is like a dodecahedron? Like, no, no, you idiot. That's 11 sides or whatever. That, <laughs> this is 12 sides. What are you doing? Like no one, I hope ever in my life is going to rush in and ask me <laughs> for, for like something ridiculous like that. Until tomorrow. The, uh... I can't remember it clearly, but uh, I think in The Simpsons, like Homer call, calls Bart, and he's like he's like panicked, and he's like asking like what's the, what's the difference between ketchup and catsup? And it's like it shows Homer, and there's like someone with like a gun to his head. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that right. was the last episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they've gone on too long now. Is this still going? Yeah, it's still going. Woo! Uh, let's hop into the stories for this week. Um. Some some good news for Xbox this week, as the Xbox's Activision Blizzard deal has been approved by the European Commission. Uh, this is from IGN. The European Commission announced on its website that it has approved the proposed acquisition. Uh, they've reached a similar conclusion as the UK's Competition and Markets Authority that the deal would not harm the console market, but could harm cloud gaming. Uh, however, they were satisfied with Microsoft's proposed remedies for these concerns. Uh, Microsoft's solutions appeared so effective to the EC that it now expects the deal will bring significant improvement to the cloud gaming market. A stark difference to the CMA's conclusion uh, that saw it block the deal last month. And then, quote, the commitments offered by Microsoft fully address the, the competition concerns identified by the commission and represent a significant improvement for cloud gaming as compared to the current situation. Uh, end quote. Uh, addressing its concerns that the deal uh, going through would monopolize the sector, Microsoft has offered a 10-year licensing commitment for consumers in the European uh, economic area. This commitment guarantees that Activision Blizzard games will not be locked to Game Pass Ultimate or the Xbox cloud gaming platform. Instead, any cloud streaming service will be permitted a free license to provide Activision Blizzard games to the EEA uh, users on their platform. In addition, EEA consumers will be granted permission to stream all current and future Activision Blizzard games they own uh, they own a license for on any cloud gaming service of their choice. I'm not sure how the details are all going to work out on that, but that sounds kind of crazy. So if you own an Activision Blizzard game, you'll somehow be able to stream it on any service? Is that what so, I'm reading? So there'll be some way that they can verify the purchase 
no matter what platform you're on. So it's like you'll have to have another like verification method. Or I guess you'll log into Xbox, maybe, right? Well, there's a there is a Call of Duty account. Right. So it would just tie itself, I would imagine, to that. They'll just call it an Activision account or whatever. Actually, that's an interesting question because there used to be Bethesda accounts. Are those still alive or are those now Microsoft accounts? Did they ever merge I, those? I believe that Bethesda.net, the launcher, is or is or is going gone. to be dead. Okay. Yeah. But the uh, I believe the accounts still work because I you can still request support and stuff for Fallout 76 last I checked. And then I guess the same question will be when Activision is bought, is are they gonna make them all Microsoft accounts? I feel like I would want to if I was Microsoft. Well, there's that there's that like you can sign in with Xbox, right? It's kind of like Epic Games where you can sign it with PlayStation, sign with Xbox. Yeah. I believe that's the same with Call with Call of Duty. I know with my Call of Duty account, I had like an, an original Call of Duty account, or at least an old one. I don't know if it's original. Uh, in which it was just sort of username or email password, maybe username password. And then I connected all my services eventually to it. Anything that I had played on like a PlayStation or an Xbox, I connected it to it. And then it all, you know, whatever, got, gave me my stats or whatever the, the individual games gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it. I mean, it comes to a point where it's, it's close enough. And yeah. why mess with the accounts, I guess. I wonder why the E um, or the UK rather had issue with the streaming. And if, these measures came after the fact or before they made the choice not to do it? It's a good question. Uh, you, I mean, you looked up as well that it was rare for the UK's uh, authority on this to overturn a decision on appeal. That's, that's what I've heard, yeah. Um, I can't remember what I was listening to. It might have been an IGN podcast or something. They were saying that, yeah, the CMA rarely overturns their decisions in an, in an appeal. Um, because they had the whole, like, this is the European Commission. Yeah. I would assume that if Brexit hadn't happened, then they would also be a part of this. I assume the same, yeah. So I the reason so. why I bring that up is because I'm curious as to if this would influence them enough that that one of those rare overturnings would happen. Maybe, but maybe they're, they're so, they feel so independent now that... <laughs> They don't have to look at the decisions made by the uh, the EU. You know what I mean? But this is an entertainment deal. This isn't yeah something that's you know say serious like infrastructure or something. And just a couple hours ago, China approved the deal. Um, and then another funny thing, I even just like this was like a couple weeks ago, I think Ukraine approved the deal, which I I just find so bizarre when your country's going through a war like that and you still have to do the day to day you know, legal matters of some trillion dollar company buying a billion dollar company. You know what I mean? It's, it's pretty just, like it's bizarre. Yeah. This crazy world we live in. It's weirdly like dystopian where it's like, it, like your overall, like the reality is like people's lives are on the line, the country's in shit, but you still have to like, somebody still has to wake up and like open their, you know, cafe, like cafe and like, keep yeah. making muffins and stuff because people need to eat. They got to keep living. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, this I think this is obviously a good thing for Microsoft. Uh, they probably needed this win after the slacking they've been getting recently, which I don't know if is, is fully deserved. I feel like people are going nuts. I'm seeing these articles now about like, you know, uh, uh, Starfield is their, their last chance at redemption. I'm like, 
they're gonna be fine like 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 this like this is absurd people uh, talking is, about they, they they need to survive somehow this is the thing though i mean we talked about this last week i think or last episode where like they're in third place mm-hmm. and third place is not where they want to be i mean we've seen companies that maybe not as large as this but we've seen large companies that were turning a profit turn their back on a whole segment of products just because they weren't in in the growth phase they didn't see a way to grow they didn't see a way to overtake even the second place and so they just left so i mean it might sound ridiculous but i mean it's possible that microsoft could decide and be like well that's it that's it for the xbox brand we're done it sounds ridiculous but I well, mean, Mixer closing down sounded ridiculous until the day it happened. But we just maybe they know. would just like skip a generation and come back, and then they can be like the return of Microsoft or Xbox hardware, and it's the best place to game or whatever like that. Yeah, I think the problem is that viewing it through the lens of this is a race is the issue. You know, as if Microsoft has to be first to be successful or be profitable is just absurd. You don't have to be. Yes, these companies want to compete for sales, right? They got shareholders who want them to turn out profits, who want them to be successful, who want them to sell the most. Yes, that's all going to happen. But they don't need to be first. They don't even need to be second. They can be happy in third place, making money, selling games, making first party games. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Why why people so, think they're a failure just because they're not in first place is bizarre to me. Because not, it's a competition. If you ain't first, you're last. And if you're last, but, you're a loser. But and, is my local coffee shop a loser because they're not as big as Starbucks? Like yeah. it's just it just doesn't make sense. Well, you have to real like remember that the people that are making these arguments are not the kind of people that are critical thinkers. <laughs> so there's no worry, like having the console to, war people. Yeah, there's no like reason to put logic into it. Sorry, Matt, were you going to say something? Uh, just that it, 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 I guess they could be considered losers if they're looking for that constant growth that investors are looking for. That's the thing, yeah. There's there's pressures on them to try to be first. And they should definitely try to be first. But just saying, oh, because Redfall reviewed poorly, that they're on the ropes now is just, you know, just doesn't make sense to me. Because what should really matter is, are they making money? You know, <laughs> that's it. Are they making money? Yes, then good. Or a profit, I should say, because, I mean, if you're making less money than you're putting out, then that's got some issues there. But Well, th- there was a weird thing that happened here in Canada that isn't even a part of the gaming thing, but it's a similar market situation, I guess you could say, in, in that, um, who was it? Delicio and them, they're allegedly leaving Canada. And I oh, believe yeah. I believe they're the number one frozen pizza brand, and frozen pizza is not a small market. And uh, they're just like, yeah, we couldn't grow and like we didn't see the growth, whatever. Like, I don't have a direct quote from them, but it was something to do with like we didn't see that segment growing. And so they they're killing their frozen pizza brand Delicio. And then they're killing a few other things like Stouffer's and stuff. At last I checked, maybe that news has been overturned or changed at some point. But um, I mean, that seems absurd because as far as I, I've always known, they've they've been profitable. Right. So it's this it, it's it's the perspective of. From a smaller medium business, profit's great. You're doing amazing. Profit's great also in the large scale, but then you also have the the mix in of, well, why are you spending, you know, a million dollars to not grow? Let's shut that down. Who cares what anyone thinks? And then what we'll do is we'll take that million dollars worth of effort and we'll put it somewhere else that will grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I think we're getting close to the end of this, hopefully. So we can stop talking about it and just, you know, <laughs> have, have Microsoft own Activision Blizzard and then move on with our lives. Because I think uh, I can't imagine they have many more countries left. A lot of the smaller countries have approved. I guess the big ones left would be overturning the UK and seeing what America does. I haven't we haven't really heard much of what's happening in the US, right? Have they been litigating this? And I don't know if I've heard much. I haven't heard we've been talking about it for a while. It'd be it, it would be incredible if everyone approves and then Microsoft decides, okay, we're shuttering the Xbox brand that includes all our Xbox game <laughs> studios. And this this Call of Duty and everything just gets shut down immediately. There was all That'd this war, so all this like jobs, like legal war and stuff. And then it's just like, well, we're shutting her down, everybody. It's like, hang on, what? You're taking that all this. Be... You're taking a huge section of the game market down with you for what reason? Like, what? <laughs> this is absurd. Be, it would be chaos too. It would be chaos. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Maybe 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 Sony would buy up some of those studios. All right, let's move on here. Uh, we were talking about a bit about this before the show. Uh, Overwatch 2, their PvE hero mode has been cancelled. Uh, this is from IGN. Uh, on a Twitch stream detailing Overwatch 2's content roadmap, executive producer Jared Noose uh, explained the decision to cut the PvE content. Quote, development on the PvE experience has not really made the progress that we have hoped. Uh, the team has created a bunch of amazing content, so there's awesome missions uh, that are really exciting. There's brand new enemies that are super fun to fight and some truly great and ridiculous hero talents. But unfortunately, the effort required to pull all of that together into a Blizzard-quality experience that we can ship to you is is huge. And there really is no end in sight or defined kind of end date where we can put that out into the world. And so we are left with another difficult uh, choice. Do we continue to pour all that effort into PvE, hoping we can land it at some point in the future? Or do we stick with this set of values that we have aligned on the Focus on the live game and focus on serving uh, all of you. With everything we have learned about what it takes to operate this game at the level you deserve, it's clear that we can't deliver on that original vision for PvE that was shown in 2019. What that means is that we won't be delivering that dedicated hero mode with talent trees, the long-term talent power progression. Those things are just not in our plans anymore. And we know that this is going to be disappointing to many of you, which is why we wanted to bring it up before we talk about the roadmap. And to be perfectly honest, it's been really difficult for many of us and a lot of folks on that team uh, that pour their hearts and soul into that stuff, end quote. Um, so the big conversation that that erupted online about this is that the whole point of Overwatch 2 was that they were adding this big old PvE side to it. Because you stripped that away and Overwatch 2 was just Overwatch 1 with a battle pass and expensive store. Um so I, I I do kind of feel that way. However, I just enjoy playing <laughs> PvP. So I'm not too disappointed myself personally, but I can understand why some people are getting a little upset. Uh, I mean, as a super casual Overwatch 2 player, uh, I was talking, telling you guys uh, like before, uh, is basically... If I logged on for a couple hours, I'd earn a couple of loot boxes and there was a good chance I'd get a couple of skins. Uh, mm-hmm. Not always, because there was obviously the loot box sort of random chance of it, the lo- the lottery of it, whatever you want to say. But there was still a chance of me getting one, if not more skins. It's been nicer. I've gotten like five, five skins. And I've been playing Overwatch 2 just as casually, more for the most part. And, uh, you know, I'll jump on one week. I won't jump on for a couple weeks, whatever. And I've never gotten a skin 
since Overwatch 2 launched. And so it's hard to see this decision as anything more than just, hey, we uh, wanted to change how we monetized Overwatch and that's what we did. Or similarly, uh, they you know were, were planning on doing the PvE and when they saw the money roll in, they thought, oh, well, why would we put money into the, the development of the PvE? We might as well just make money off of like this new monetization strategy, which is of course you're rotating super expensive store and your um, battle pass with a bunch of challenges. Well, I think they, they were definitely working on PVE. They announced it back in 2019. They said it was going to be a part of overwatch two. And then later on when overwatch two uh, launched, I think they promised it was going to come at some point in one of the new seasons and they showed it off. So it's not like they had nothing and just changed plans because of the money. I think they were attempting to build something and it maybe it was just maybe it actually was bigger than they were expecting and, you know, didn't want to spend that much development time, you know, fully realizing it and release something that wasn't up to their standards. And there you go. So they are going to incorporate some of this stuff into Overwatch 2, though. There are going to be story missions uh, of some sort maybe similar to some of the ones they've done in the past. Um, but you're just not going to have that hero progression and and skill trees and, and things like that. I fully believe that they were working on it. I'm not going to deny that they weren't working on it. I just wonder, like, it, it's hard to see past this potential of once the game came out or close to the game's launch, it's decided, I don't know, like, Maybe we should, you know, pull some people off that team or whatever. This is me speculating. I'm not, I don't have any news or anything like that about this. It's just, that's the way it feels to me. Like as a casual player, it just feels like, oh, cool. So like, I'm not going to earn anything, which I'm also fine with as a casual player, but it's just, it's, it's such a stark, like Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2. I don't like bother with any of the challenges. I don't even look at them. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> don't even do. know. No, I don't even know where to look in the menu. Like I just haven't bothered. Uh, I jump into a match and then I leave and I go play something else. And you're so never like, going to buy the battle pass either, right? No, never. I'm not going to like yeah. grind at grind at Overwatch for sure. So it like for someone like me, it's just all I all that I received was uh, an update that made it harder for me to earn stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's the case too. Is that um, like we play we play a lot of Fortnite, which is like similar because you have a battle pass, obviously. But their shop doesn't feel overly expensive. I don't know why Overwatch's feels like insanely expensive. Well, Fortnite, excuse me, Fortnite throws in value ads as well um, that really help. So they'll have like a really nice licensed skin in their in their battle pass, like a Darth Vader and Indiana Jones, um, things like that, a Spider-Man, those type of things. They'll have other things, too. Well, they'll have a collaboration with um, a or maybe they made their own. I don't remember what it was, but they have their own comic book. And so there's like a kind of a collaboration deal there with a publishing company. And then there was codes in there that you could buy. Uh, so you could buy the individual editions or buy the hardcover, which is what I did. And then you could use the code to get a whole bunch of skins. Um, that's a huge value add. Those skins are available in the shop, I believe uh, on occasion. And, you know, I saved a, a great deal of money on it. Just, just literally a few days ago, we went and we finished the Star Wars Battle Pass is what we're calling it, which was basically a Star Wars event that came on. It was there for a few weeks. I think it's still going. So it'll be about three weeks ish in total. And you can earn all the light side stuff all for free, which is what we did. 
finished it. And then if you just pay a thousand V bucks, then you earn all the dark side stuff. And uh, you can also just pay for the thousand and then you can buy tiers is what I've been told as well. But it was super easy for us to get right to the end of the battle pass, right to the end of the star Wars pass. And then just buy it and we get Darth Maul. We get several of the clone troopers or stormtroopers, whatever they are. Uh, we get some emotes. We get some backpacks. Um, we get a, a Sith infiltrator glider. Like those are great value adds that in the store would mm-hmm. be like, say, 20 bucks or something. Those are great little value adds that make you go, you know what? Like this, you know, they're not trying to nickel and dime me to death necessarily. Like, there is the rotating store component still. There are expensive things, but the value adds really help. You know what I, the issue? Oh, good. Well, I was just say I've I haven't seen that in Overwatch too. I think the issue with their pricing is a lot of their stuff is bundles, and that just increases the price. Now Fortnite does do bundles, but they also sell the items individually uh, sometimes. And then in the bundle, like you, there's like certain things that they make exclusive to the bundle. So you know, if you want that, you know, that um, loading screen or you know, a, an, e- an emote that might be only part of the bundle, but they still do sell the harvesting tools and gliders or whatever else separately from the character skin. But I find that Overwatch tends to just sell everything in a bundle and not have it broken down into smaller chunks like that. So you always feel like it's it's too high of an asking price for the only the bundle every time. Fortnite does the the thing too where um if you buy so for example I I bought the the tomato man Uncle Pete he's the pizza guy uh if I bought him you know years ago way mm-hmm. way back literally I think like five years ago and then they expanded his collection and they added like um like a female mascot for the restaurant and some other things and because of that the bundle was like unbelievably cheap it was like three or four dollars mm-hmm. in, in in terms of v-bucks it was like three or four hundred v-bucks i don't know if like you would get if you would get that in overwatch 2 again i don't check the store i don't check any of that stuff but um that's a great value add for fortnite where I'm, i was you know sure i'll do that I'll, I'll complete my pizza collection yeah complete the pizza collection <laughs> yeah I do like the um, the licensed skins. I tend to like them more, too. And uh, Overwatch, to my knowledge, has only done that once with the One Punch Man event that they had like uh, last month or so. Um, StarCraft, it, it's the same company, different license, I guess. Yeah, there are like crossovers with other Blizzard games like that. Um, but I'm wondering if they just don't feel like that lends itself well to their universe. Like Fortnite is just anything goes. It's their whole metaverse vision, you know, whatever. Um, choose any character from any genre. It's it's pretty insane, actually, because I think you were looking at your shop the other day, Matt, and you were like, you got these Star Wars characters, you got Indiana Jones, you got all these Marvel characters, you know, all these different franchises coming into one place is just kind of absurd and insane that all these companies are okay with having their licenses appear next to, you know, potentially competing licenses like DC and, and Marvel, right? Um, it's not even all big stuff either, like... Some of the stuff is a little a little more niche. Like there was as I was looking at my locker and it's like, I got a Terminator in there. I got a Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah. I got a Robocop, but like the old Robocop, the original. Mm-hmm. And like that's just scratching the surface. All the Marvel, like we said, John Wick, and then also like the John Wick caricature. And it's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Like this is a pretty crazy little collection of skins just just due to the licensing. Yeah. Um, I think I think we'll have to wait and see though what their actual story missions are going to be like because the ones they've had in the past while I know some fans do enjoy them I find them kind of boring we only ever really play them like once or twice 
you know, or even just to maybe unlock a few things for some event challenges or whatever. But they're largely kind of boring, and I'm not sure what that is. Um, I think the idea of having the, the the hero progression and skill trees and stuff would might have made it worth it more to kind of keep running them over and over again. Whereas now it's just like, why am I running these? It's like I play it once to get the story, and then I'm doubt, done. <laughs> so. You know, this just gave me a thought. I don't know. I'll get you guys' feedback on this. We all played Back for Blood. Back for Blood is sort of a game like this where it's a PvE. You know, you build your deck, which is basically your skills. You go in there, you do repeated stuff, whatever. And I'm sure Overwatch would have had its own unique flair with the skill trees or whatever, you know, whatever. But I wonder if this genre is in trouble. I don't think it's in trouble. I think Overwatch 2 is probably successful. I mean the the four player co op, you know, go in there and completely and like here's four maps or whatever. Oh. Do these maps over and over again to like earn just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit like, more, like the division or something. Like, or, well, like, or like, back for, like back for blood, like back for blood. I don't right. hear anything about back for blood anymore. No. And we we played it what for a few months. On I thought stream. it was a lot of fun too. I I didn't like that update that we played where we could go into were you there for that tim we had like that one update where probably you you go into the uh it's like a little side dungeon like in the middle of the mission yep yep and like a lot of that uh, you did a lot of that okay well no like i i didn't do a ton but um or rather not with you guys but i I played it a decent amount with the different groups of people yeah so like for me anyway like i only did that once and was just sort of like okay (laughs) And that was it. Like, but Left 4 Dead, I played the the crap out of Left 4 Dead one and two, so I don't know whether it's just like a genre thing or whether we've seen it before or something. But it, maybe that weighs in on the Overwatch two conversation where they're like, "Hey, these games aren't doing too well. Do we really want to invest in this?" Hmm. Yeah. Ah, I, I don't know. It, it has been a while since we played a game like that, eh? right? But you would think would make people like hungry for it. Yeah. Not that hungry, I guess. Unless the, unless they never cared for it to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean the people, cause like everyone was like, everyone was, was hungry for another left for dead. And then, you know, some people, you know, get together and they make back for blood. And the formula is just like a like just different enough that for whatever reason, people didn't like it. And I thought it was perfectly fine. Like I thought it was a fine game. I was never the biggest player of Left 4 Dead, though, so yeah. like I don't have that nostalgia uh, nostalgia for it. And I'm sure there are plenty of you know genuine reasons as to why you know Left 4 Dead is just a better game, more enjoyable to play than than Back for Blood. But I uh, I I am I in agreement with people when I say like I didn't play Back for Blood. I I wasn't hungry to play it. You know, I wasn't like. You know, finishing up with work and then wanting to jump onto Back for Blood with friends. Yeah, I think I wasn't like scheduling it every week because I was looking forward to playing it with my friends. Like, I people kind of stopped playing it, and I was like, "All right, like I got no reason to play it." It's yeah, it's hard to pinpoint what was so different about Back for Blood that you know didn't make it kind of take off like Left for Dead. Because like for me, like we went back and we played Left for Dead um, on stream years ago probably at this point um and like i didn't think it was anything particularly magical to play it you know 
So it might just be that for me as well, maybe I just don't think the genre is really that good for me. And I, you know, fully acquiesce that there are other people out there that it's like their favorite game of all time. Like there are, there's going to be lots of people out there that Left 4 Dead 2 is their favorite game of all time. And it's just, it's nothing particularly special to me, right? But, you know, there are going to be games that I like that people don't like. And that's, that's fine. But that might weigh into why I don't particularly care that much for, for Back for Blood. And so that's just a, another reason why somebody out there doesn't like Back for Blood. <laughs> yeah. And then I think we all thought Redfall was going to be another Back for Blood type game. Apparently it's not. And it also didn't turn out to be that great of a game, I guess. Just like Man. wasn't finished. I installed yeah, that, yeah. pre preloaded it, and just deleted it the other day. I have it. I have it installed right now too. I did boot it up, and and I didn't ever, ever actually played anything. I just kind of booted it up, and that was it. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, yeah, we're gonna have to wait to see what happens with Overwatch. Uh, I'm still gonna play it. I still, I still have fun just doing the PvP. Um, and they do have events. They have more events now than they did in the first game. So it's it is a different game to a degree. You know, but people are going to complain. So, all right. Bit of bad news for Xbox now. Jesus. Uh, Xbox Game Pass hurt sales, says dev behind Xbox Game Pass title. Uh, this is from GameSpot. Dino Patty, co founder of Play Dead and Jump Ship, has revealed that, X- that Xbox Game Pass hurt the studio's sales for Somerville. According to an interview by the uh, Video Games SI, when Patty was uh, first founded Jumpship, the studio originally pitched the game to Google Stadia, but ended up partnering with Microsoft to have its game launch on Xbox Game Pass. In the interview, Patty states how the deal was good, but they also believe it may have hurt their sales by saying, quote, I also think it hurt sales because a lot of people just go in and try it and they don't invest. If they don't play the first uh, 10 minutes, that's it. Also, if you don't make the first 10 minutes amazing, maybe it's also a problem. I think Game Pass is okay. It's not my favorite. My favorite is the old premium model where I sell you on some video uh, on some video on big images and earn your $30. And then after that, I have to deliver. I don't need to get money uh, out of you later. So I think that's kind of interesting. So they're saying that, you know, people are just kind of using it. Game Pass is like a quick preview to see if they like a game. And then if they don't, they just they're quickly out of there and not really willing to put time into it or to see what makes it good. You know, what are your guys thoughts on that? Does this 10 minute thing mean something specific? So the reason why I ask that is because do they not get paid by the first 10 minutes or if someone only jumps in for 10 minutes? I think the deals are up front. I think it's like, here's, you know, I'm just using throwing out numbers. Here's $50,000. Your game is on game pass for six months, something like that. Right. So then by saying that, I mean, you went and got a deal with another distribution channel. There's only so many people that are going to play your game. So naturally you would lose sales. So what's the point in this statement? Not to sound like a jerk, but it's it's like saying, oh my God, like the invention of VHS, down go the theater sales. Like, yeah, they are going to go down a bit because you can watch the movies at home. Uh, That's it. Well... I don't want to speak for this person, um, but my, I guess my interpretation is that I don't know. 
<laughs> like, like, she, like she's gone to a, another distributor and like they distributed it a different way. So the people that want to play it that have this distribution method hooked up to their subscriptions are going to play it like this. So yes, they will. It will hurt sales. Now I don't. I don't know what Somerville is. Is is it a live service game? Does it you know? Does it make money somehow after the fact? And he's saying that uh, that people aren't staying around long enough to do what though? Do they to, to invest more money in, into it? So he's he's saying he's talking about how they're not people aren't investing in games anymore. They're just have it on Game Pass and maybe they'll try it and then not actually care about it. But if they pay thirty dollars for it, they might put more Second time into it. And, yeah. We also had we had um that one um what's that weird ass game that was on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus? <laughs> what which one? Like, I don't know. You got those little creatures. Some of them got their mouths sewed up or whatever. Bug snacks. Aaron likes them. Bug snacks. No, but he he was talking about how he thinks that that putting his game on PlayStation Plus hurts sales because he said something like, if he if he wasn't on PlayStation Plus, maybe he would have sold a million, but then gotten all that money for the million. But on PlayStation Plus, like ten million people tried it, and he was given a base like salary. Essentially, right. or a base, you know, price. You know what I mean? So, if PlayStation Plus said, "Here's, uh, yeah, that's it." If PlayStation Plus gave him fifty thousand dollars, but if he had sold it, he would have made two hundred thousand dollars. You know, because the amount of people who tried it on PlayStation Plus was so much greater than what it was worth. But it doesn't equate. Like, if you get ten million tries. Or you get so many million plays. One million are people that you invested. Nine million are not. If you take it off of PlayStation Plus, 10 million people are not going to go buy it. Yeah, it's hard to figure that one out. Um, Because you'll never really know. We'll never have an exact one-to-one, right? In a universe where it's being sold and in a universe where it's on PlayStation Plus or Game Pass. You know, we'll never really see which is better. Um, Because once the game's already out, the buzz dies down. People lose interest, right? Um, so you really have that opening sales window to to get people to try it. But I think this maybe falls into the same kind of category where they're saying that they probably could have sold more or made more money at least by selling their game rather than, you know, people just trying it for 10 minutes on Game Pass and them getting like a one-time fee. If it is indeed a one-time fee, though, like there is the idea that like you're not you don't know how many sales you're going to get. At the end of the day, there's probably so, projections, though, that you can go off of, right? There's projections you can go off of, but it's still a risk. Whereas mm-hmm. if you sign mm-hmm. a deal for 20 million or whatever it is, then if 20 million secures you, then you're secured. Yeah, that's it. You know, and you've done it. So there's a bit of like you earn you get that peace of mind, but you could be losing out. Yeah, maybe it's better for indie devs who where it is more of a risk. You're putting more on the line, you know, with every game. Uh, maybe you do want that secure funding rather than, you know, just hoping it catches on somehow miraculously amongst the million other games that have been released in the last couple of days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I I personally, I, Game Pass is obviously a great value. I've always just had this issue that it's lowering the value we place on games, which is a little dangerous in this time when game budgets are so massive. 
you know, people want to spend less on games more than ever, and the budgets are bigger than ever. <laughs> so I don't know. It might it might have, it might be a bubble at some point where things collapse. I think it really depends on the title, though, because I'm sure Tears of the Kingdom did extremely well. For uh, example, 10, 10 million copies in its first three days, <laughs> which is which is absurd. That's absurd. You know, Elden mm-hmm. Ring did great. Um, things like that are just examples. I mean, may, there's also, again, there's no one-to-one, I guess, but there yeah. is that concern of a lot of games come out broken, unfinished. Uh, oh, don't worry. We'll drip feed you content over the next two years uh, in this games as a service uh, model sort of way. And so some people go, <laughs> well, I'll just wait the two years and come in later. That's so absurd. Don't worry, we'll drip feed you content. That's such <laughs> an oxymoron statement. It's it is true though. Like it, it, a lot of games will come out, and it's just like, well, we got six maps. Don't worry, like there's six more coming, and we'll 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 do at least two every quarter for the next like while. And I don't know. Like it just maybe people like there is that one. There isn't that one to one comparison, but there are going to be people that are going to be like, hey, like I'm concerned about my wallet. You know whether or not you're whether or not the economy is doing great or not. There are still going to be people concerned about their wallet, mm-hmm. and they're, it's going to be like these games are like these games are might might be coming out broken. Mm-hmm. I may as well get the game pass, have a bunch of great games, have a bunch of you know games that maybe aren't great too, but it doesn't matter. Do you think this slew of like broken games we've had in the last couple uh, months here is that going to deter people at all? I don't know if it will or not. It seems like because we well again Breath of the Wild and well there's been several big games that have been selling pretty well recently Breath of the Wild Jedi Survivor and um, Hogwarts Legacy uh, Jedi Survivor big old buggy mess <laughs> you know but then there's games like The Last of Us that came out on PC that was a buggy mess Redfall is apparently buggy um, when does that start to deter people from you know pre-ordering and buying on on launch uh, window. Or do these, do these publishers know that people are going to still buy these games regardless? Launch window is is different in that you can lo- you can watch somebody else play it one to one. You can just watch them stream it, watch them play it, read or read or even watch a review. That's a little bit different. And so your launch window sales might be you, you know you've proven yourself, you've proven yourself to the critics. There's footage out there even if you're not a fan of listening to critics. You could just watch someone play the game on on Twitch or wherever, and you're like, yeah, this is good. I'll, I'll buy this. Um, pre-orders I wouldn't be surprised if they've been hurt I mean I'm pretty well done pre-ordering uh, due to Battlefield Battlefield, <laughs> yeah. Battlefield broke it like Battlefield not only almost broke my fucking Xbox uh, Battlefield broke like that was the straw that broke the camel's back like it's just I'm done mm-hmm. like this is a buggy mess you guys had all this marketing you guys know how to make a Battlefield game it's not your first time I'm out of here I don't give a fuck so I don't know how many other people feel like that. I'm sure a bunch of people do. A bunch of people also probably don't care. But um, well, yeah, that's a good point too because we also, you know, we all live in this video game bubble where we follow the industry and stuff. But I'm sure there's millions of people who just buy games and don't care about that. Don't know that there's a history of buggy games coming out. Um, look at Cyberpunk. You know, was was unplayable practically on last gen consoles. Um, and that game still sold millions of copies within its launch window. So I'm just I'm just wondering, like, do, do the publishers actually care about releasing games that work 
or do they not care and just know that they'll fix it later and uh, and the sales will be there? The fix it later strategy does work uh, more often than it maybe probably should. And again, Cyberpunk had a renaissance. It came back and and probably sold even more copies uh, during that renaissance. You know, mm-hmm. same story with No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call too. Yeah, which, which we all love that that the, these games that were having these comebacks, but at the same time, they released a bad product at the beginning. You know, are we just forgetting that fact? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, like for me personally, the worst part about these things that come out bad is it's not like the game comes out and it is finished. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't feel great, and the vision isn't really kind of realized, and it's sort of like maybe the story's sluggish or something, and it's sort of like okay, and then it, you know updates come out, it improves it, get some player feedback, maybe the gameplay picks up in quality or whatever, and then great, the game has a renaissance, fantastic. Even the games that launch buggy like buggy messes, having renaissances is awesome. That that's fantastic. But the the ultimate problem is for me is like it's obvious when it's broken. Mm-hmm. It can, it, it can, but you can be blind to like, say like something that's bad quality or something that something that like largely the critics are going to criticize. Cause obviously it's up to the, whoever's preference, but like if you can't, like you might not be able to convince the critics and we've seen this on Metacritic tons of times, you might not be able to convince the critics, but you might be able to convince the users eventually, you know what I mean? And like, if your game releases the way that you thought it should come out, but it just didn't really hit the mark in terms of vision, that's one thing. But when, you know, your menu isn't loading, the gra- the, the drivers don't work, it shuts down the console, the servers aren't, you know, firing. Um, it's like, I don't know what to say about that. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, man, this is a bit of a mess. Like, because I, I know Jedi Survivor is is worse on PC, but on and on console where a lot of their sales are probably going to be, it's 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 running, it's just a little rough around the edges. You know, there's a lot of stuttering, um, a lot of visual issues, a lot of loading issues. Uh, I've had it crash a couple times, but I can still play the game. It's not broken to the point where it's like a you know a piece of trash. Um, and so maybe they just squeak by on on that. I just my problem is we've seen this several times now where games have launched a buggy mess, and it's like why are publishers still choosing to put it out? It literally just has to be that they don't care, or at least they don't care enough, I guess. Right? There is, I guess, that like there is maybe a disconnect there where the marketing team is just a marketing team, and they could they could be marketing a video game, they could be marketing a keyboard, they could be marketing a car. And maybe, and again, this is just speculation on my behalf, but maybe it's just marketing and they don't care. Mm-hmm. And they, they say, you know what, like our reputation on the line, like we said, it's coming out on October, whatever. It's got to come out like, you know, we've, we've maybe delayed it or we haven't delayed it, but we've said this date. People are demanding it. I don't care if it's a buggy mess. You know, our work here is done. Get it mm-hmm. out. And whether they have sway, because I have heard that or we've all heard that. That, you know, hey, the marketing team to kind of decides and then there can be some delays. But at the end of the day, like kind of the marketing team will kind of push things through or the publishing team, the publisher uh, will kind of push things through. And I do find that interesting that they'll push things through, even if it's just like a big mess. Unless just having no launch date, you know, doesn't lead to progress, I guess. You know what I mean? Sometimes like, like if you just had an open ended date. There was no actual launch date set. You'd probably be working forever. Right? Especially a perfectionist. 
Yeah. And so I wonder if at, at a certain point, they're just like, we got to ship this, you know? I don't know. I'm not oh, sure like, what topic we're on anymore. Well, I, I heard <laughs> pretty far from where we started. But like, uh, well, Tim and I played Cube World like years and years ago, and uh, oh my god, yeah, and like Cube World like came back and had its like I'm gonna call it a renaissance. I don't know if it really was, and came onto Steam and you know whatever. And I watched a uh, a video on Cube World, and there was a lot of talk uh, about what had happened to the game, the person you know disappearing, coming back, and why that was and stuff. Uh, but then the game kind of really went through a lot of iterations that the public didn't like that the, that the gamers didn't like in terms of the gameplay mechanics. And apparently it was because uh, at least this video attributed it to the fact that the creator was kind of working in a silo and that they were a perfectionist and they spent so many years just perfecting, 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 perfecting that it was perfect in their mind, but they didn't like you become you're, you're working in a silo and then you become tunnel visioned. Mm hmm. You know, as a person that's focusing on one thing, especially if you're trying to perfect it. And um, we ended up with Cube World, which I don't believe did that well in the end, unfortunately. But <laughs> when I mean, when Tim and I played it, it was actually fantastic for it being an alpha or beta or whatever the hell it was. But. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm probably just going to cut this last story here. You're going to cut Summer Game Fest? You want me to cut? Do you want me to talk about it? I mean, it's a big event, but you, you, you're the host. Uh, yeah, I mean, Summer Game Fest. They they released this big uh, little graphic here with all their 2023 partners. You get all the big players. You got Activision. You got Amazon, Bandai Namco, Capcom, CD Projekt Red's going to be there. Disney, EA, Epic, Gearbox, Xbox is there. Ubisoft, Warner Brothers. But uh, the the Summer Game Fest has kind of taken over from E3. And uh, I think uh, Jeff Keighley is very happy about that. Um, he usually posts like some sort of promotion for Summer Game Fest when there's some bad news about E3. <laughs> um, but yeah, his show has been great the last couple of years. Um, what do you guys expect uh, from this uh, year with all these partners here? I'll be shocked, but also pleased if they show off that new Brothers in Arms game that they mentioned silently in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't you just send me something about a bad Brothers in Arms game? There's a bad Brothers in Arms game that never got created called uh, The Furious Four, I believe. Oh, holy crap. That was years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, but then I think it was Randy Pitchford, the, actually. The Inglorious Bastards one. Yeah, the Inglorious Bastards one. Yeah, I get a, a series based on realism mm -hmm. and uh, all that. But uh, no, like apparently Randy Pitchford in an interview, he in, in an interview on a podcast said that they were working on another brothers in arms that might have been over a year ago now i don't really remember so i uh, that'd be an incredible an incredibly random thing but like i mean i'll i'm there for that i'd, I'd watch that <laughs> i don't know if we have any um predictions of unannounced games i don't know if there's rumors on what's being worked on because obviously all these uh partners have some games that are, are either announced or or they're working on um I guess the one I'm interested in, in hearing more about was that Monolith game, uh, the Wonder Woman game. So that'd be from Warner Brothers. I don't know if we'll see anything on that. That game's also supposed to have their um, their exclusive, uh, what's that called again, Matt, from uh, Mordor? Oh, the Nemesis system? Nemesis system. That's it, yep. I, 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 last we heard, I think the Wonder Woman game is supposed to incorporate that in some way. 
<laughs> I guess she's gonna be fighting goons or whatever, and you're gonna fight off different goons. And the goons are gonna be like, hey! yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you broke my arm last time we fought. You yeah. used your last soul and made me tell the truth. I don't like telling the truth. <laughs> I don't like telling the truth. <laughs> Oh, uh, Ubisoft, I imagine we'll see the uh, Avatar game more. Oh, yeah. Which, I'm... this oh. will be interesting. Now, I've had my doubts about Avatar, but James Cameron has, like, slapped me in the face with Avatar 2. Um, Personally, he came up with this, Brian. Well, yeah. two not whales. I was one of the people that believed that the first Avatar was a fluke. That it was just popular because of the technology at the time. It was 3D. You know, it was almost completely CG. He's using all these new things. And I was like, okay, people obviously just wanted to experience this for the first time. That's why Avatar became the highest selling, you know, film of all time. Avatar 2 comes out and it also makes billions of dollars. And so I I, I humbly admit I am wrong that James Cameron made <laughs> some made something that, that connects with some people uh, and they all wanted to see it. I mean, Matt, we went and saw it opening night, so <laughs> I don't know what to... I can't complain there. So I'm curious how this video game is going to do. And maybe he'll slap me in the face again and be like, look at my video game sold 10 million copies in two days. Oh, shit. You beat Tears yeah. of the Kingdom. Yep. He's going to beat Tears be of the Kingdom. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Of all games. It's like this shitty, like it looks like it's Wii <laughs> shovelware kind of like Avatar <laughs> like way of water sequel game to the movie. Oh, my God. That would be that would be incredible though. The memes that would spawn. I'm interested <laughs> into seeing the gameplay. I'm not sure if we got a gameplay trailer. I think it was gameplay, but it was mostly like just flying around with your ponytail connected animals or something. And then it's gonna feature the nemesis system. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you connected your tail to me. I didn't like that last time. Oh my god. That would be amazing. Yep. Douche. The, te- the teenagers fighting. Yeah, yeah, there, right, the, yeah. The, the nemesis system is just like teenagers like squabbles. Like, you like the girl that I like. Nemesis acquired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like on this exact same topic. I just watched a review of the original Avatar game on the 360, and apparently oh, it's pre- apparently it's pretty damn good. Really? Apparently, like like for a movie game, it's pretty damn good. And and you have two campaigns. You can play as the Navi, or you can play as the humans. And apparently, it's like for that era, it's sort of like you know, like a seven or six ish out of ten. That is not bad. Oh, time we all boot up the Avatar games, boys. What's interesting? Maybe they might be. We can. This one time, we were all Navi. I was an avatar, though. You all made fun of me because I had a full, a full, a full f- five fingers on my yeah. hands. <laughs> Mutant. Um, what's interesting though is Ubisoft has their forward in June, uh, on June twelfth, and so it's like, what games do they decide to put into the summer game fest and and keep for their own? Maybe they show off different things of the same games. Uh, sounds like they're doubling down on Assassin's Creed in a tumultuous year that they've been having. So they're falling back on on their Assassin's Creed. There are a bunch of games that were announced that we don't haven't heard from since that uh, Ubisoft event they did like last year or whatever. So do you guys remember when they said they were going to kind of like slow down on a, on Assassin's Creed and they, they took like a year off or something. And then it's it. like 
And then we came back with seven or eight more. It's like, yeah. hang on. Whoa. Yeah. Three new projects all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These other uh, partners, though, I'm not sure what to expect. Like Activision's there. What are they going to do? Like Diablo, I guess. But that's going to be out by then, right? Uh, it could be announcing the DLCs or something that comes up with it. Uh, I was going to say something to do with COD, maybe, because Call of Duty had a weird thing. So, like, I haven't looked into the Super, uh, like, a lot. But so the Modern Warfare that's out now, Modern Warfare 2, it had it allegedly at the time of launch, they had said they were not going to release another Call of Duty game. And not like three months later, I started hearing, and this is, I haven't confirmed this myself, but I started hearing that they were going to release a game this year. And I don't know if that means it's like a DLC for the story, if it's an actual full title or like, I have not confirmed that or looked that up. So I wonder if maybe they'll show that, whatever that is, if that exists. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, all right, that's it for the uh, the stories. Uh, I always look forward to Summer Game Fest. It'll be fun. Although I think I might be working. Because it, it's that, like, it's a during the day, right? Is that right? I I don't even really know what Summer Game Fest is. Is it just a presentation or like? Yeah. Okay. June 8th, but what time? Now. Why is the time not listed anywhere? Wait, that's soon. That's soon, yeah. Well, like three weeks away where's your goddamn time that's all you get man sign up at summergamefest.com for event alerts it says here on the graphic in the show notes noon pacific uh 3 p.m eastern yeah i'll be working damn way the road buddy uh so on may 24th we have the playstation showcase june 8th we have the summer game fest uh, and then June 11th, we have the uh, Xbox Games Showcase and Starfield Direct. So that'll be interesting to look forward to. Sorry, when's that Starfield Direct? June 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Man, I hope that's good. Holy really crap. Cares Starfield, though, right? Hmm? I, okay, so, so I, I was convinced. I wasn't super fired up about it. And I still don't have, like, the nostalgia of, like, Elder Scrolls behind it or something. But somebody made a good point. They were like, like when Bethesda took over Fallout, at least in my opinion, it was like pretty good. Like I liked it, and I've liked all the Fallout games since, other than seventy six of the in the when it launched, uh, and seventy and also New Vegas when it launched because both were buggy. But like I've never hated, other than Wet, I've never hated a Bethesda game that I've played. <laughs> Hell yeah, Brink baby, Brink. Wait, 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 Brink. Did you play? I Brink? don't. I don't remember if I've played Brink. I played Brink. I remember it you was, playing Brink. It was honestly pretty good. <laughs> Brink, Brink walked so that Titanfall could run. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I guess you mean so Titanfall could like stumble and then and so, then run and then not sell. So Titanfall could turn into a, between two of the biggest game releases and then of the year. Turn into a battle royale. <laughs> All right, that's it. Um, let's move on to what we're playing, Tim. You're yawning. I'm looking at you yawn right now. I'm coughing. Coughing? Yep. I just muted my mic. What are you playing? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. You played a whole bunch of Tears of the Kingdom, didn't you? 
I will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see on Monday once the switch um, has 10 days of activity for a game because it doesn't show you how many hours you have in a game until the 10th day. It'll say like first played. Oh, three days ago, (laughs) first played five days ago, nine days ago. But once it hits day 10, then it says has played for a total of blank hours or more. So it'll be really interesting to see come Monday what everybody's playtime hours for Zelda is. And I've been trying to guess what mine is. And I don't think that I've ever like just kind of like left the game running for, you know, eight hours or whatever. You've been actively um, playing it like gone upstairs. Like I think whenever I've been playing it, I've been playing it. So mm-hmm. the hours should be accurate. And my guess is that when we get to Monday, I will have played in 10 days. I'm going to say 52 hours. That's my guess. Because there was that the first day that I played it uh, on uh, on the, the last Friday. I played for almost 13 hours. And all of that was streamed. And uh I've I've played it every single day since then in the last week for at least it's got to be at least like three hours every day because it was like a couple hours on the weekend and then streaming it every day for also at least like four hours. So there's another 20 hours there four hours, five days a week. And then I've also been playing it like at least a little bit off stream as well every day. So for like another hour. So there's another five hours at least. And who knows how much I'll put into it this weekend. So yeah, I've been absolutely no lifing this game and it still feels like (laughs) it simultaneously feels like I've barely scratched the surface, but also done nothing at all. Cause I'll like see other people playing and they'll have like, way less progress than me in the game and I'm like oh damn like maybe I have done a lot of this and then I'll talk to somebody else and they're like oh yeah I kind of you know I have the whole map explored already I saw all the memories I'm like most of the way through the story it's like Jesus like I haven't done anything at all so it's just really interesting to compare uh played experiences um it's uh it's a really interesting title because it it's a like a direct sequel off of breath of the wild of course so they kind of already had that world there to work with and uh sometimes i'm playing the game and i'm like damn why did this take six years like it doesn't feel like they've changed that much but at the same time it's like there's the entire underground that's the exact same size and like scale as as the ground level hyrule um so that's a whole other map to design, um, even though it is just like the inversion or inverted version of the ground level of the world. Um, and then the Sky Islands, of course, but they're kind of scattered around uh, sort of the like edges of the map. They're not in the middle, they're kind of in every other region except except for the central uh, like field area. Um, but it's really cool to like see it's it's way more like cinematic i would say than the first game breath of the wild was kind of like 
more like breadcrumby with the story elements. And then in this one, you're like, you're interacting with a lot more kind of side characters a lot more frequently. Because like in Breath of the Wild, you'd kind of be running around, you'd be interacting with characters, and then you like you'd do their quest maybe, or you'd hit their story beat, and that was it. You'd never interact with them again. Whereas like in Breath of the Wild or uh, Tears of the Kingdom, you kind of keep going back to these people for like different missions or like storylines are much longer or you know a lot more happens in the like cutscenes. It's like punchier stuff. Um, Breath of the Wild is kind of the like I kind of view it as like the the happy-go-lucky kind of younger brother and then Tears of the Kingdom is like the edgy teenager who thinks they're like dark and brooding and more complicated but uh, you know there's there's still like a lot going on there so I kind of wonder if they're setting it up in such a way that there could be a third one however many mm-hmm. years down the line from here maybe they could do it in like four because there won't be like a covid tory about but uh, story-wise is this is this a direct like sequel yeah they haven't at least i haven't seen it stated exactly how many years have passed since breath of the wild just based off of like see it's kind of inconsistent because from like the um the trailer footage that was like shown and things certain characters like are very obviously older um if they were like kids you know in in breath of the wild now they are like young teenagers or you know sort of middling uh teens and so you see that and you're like okay so it's gotta be like i don't know what five years later and then you go back to certain other areas of the game uh that are the same areas from breath of the wild with the same characters and the characters who were like children, like, you know, five years old in Breath of the Wild are still five years old. So it's like this timeline does not make sense. Like, is mm-hmm. there timey-wimey shit happening here? Like, this is going to have some sort of justification or uh, is it just a complete oversight by the by the devs? Well, I'm curious, too, though, how many Zelda games have direct sequels story wise? Uh, there are a lot. I could go through them, but I think there's and at like, least like seven. Oh, really? Okay. Seven or eight games. Because like I expected. Because like uh, Wind Waker's direct sequel is uh, Phantom Hourglass, which which it's not a direct sequel, but it's like 200 years later. It's still a sequel. But like within to, the same timeline, I guess. Yeah, within the timeline. Yeah. So you've got, I mean, if you want to look at the official Zelda timeline, every Zelda game has a sequel. Because okay. they're they're all like there's a the one timeline at the beginning uh, hits Ocarina splits off into three timelines and then every oh, game so they have like a multiverse like, thing going on. Uh yeah yeah there's like three separate timelines that splits at Ocarina because Ocarina introduced time travel which introduces <laughs> Jesus timeline splits <laughs> yeah but um yeah it's like it's one of those things where if you didn't if you if you're not a Zelda fan and you're not familiar with the lore at all then you probably wouldn't really know which games are like what. Like Majora's Mask is a very obvious sequel to Ocarina. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, very obvious sequel to Breath of the Wild. Uh, Phantom Hourglass, very direct sequel, obvious sequel from Wind Waker. Same with Spirit Tracks from uh, from Phantom Hourglass. 
Uh, and then there's some other ones that are like, yeah, okay, I could see it if somebody told me that that was a sequel because it like is according to the official timeline, but otherwise I would have like no idea because it's too like sort of um, the only evidence that it would be a sequel is kind of not really obvious evidence mm-hmm. that the average person is probably not going to pick up on. That'd be like the Wii ones with Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, I think. In the timeline, Skyward Sword is the very first one, canonically. Oh, wow. Okay. It happens like blah, 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 thousands of years before every other game. Okay. Well, cool. Is that all you've been playing? Is that, is that taking all your time? <laughs> it is. I like, I meant to start playing um, uh, Mafia more. But I didn't get around to it. And I'm probably going to play it more on my PC than I am on my Steam Deck because it it doesn't perform super well on the Steam Deck. Like it's playable, but I feel like it would be way more enjoyable with like consistent frame rate and performance and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that'll be what I do once I like finally burn myself out on Tears of the Kingdom. I'll probably pick up Mafia Definitive Edition again. Um Oh, but speaking of the Steam Deck, there was a game that went on sale. I had it on my wish list for a little while, and it actually went on sale for like four bucks. Uh, it's a game from a couple of years ago called Death Road to Canada. Oh, yeah. Which is sort yeah. of like a uh, a roguelike uh, zombie killing game where you you have a group of people. It's it's like uh-huh, for the for the elderly millennials that ever played uh, or maybe even older that played like Oregon Trail. It's like that where you are trying to get to Canada because it's like safer in Canada during the zombie apocalypse or whatever. I guess it's colder. So zombies can't survive or whatever. Um, but uh, so that's the, the main premise. And it's like this little pixel art type of uh, kind of top down uh, action shooter strategy game where you, uh, um, you get your, your characters with their random skills and you get your, random equipment and things. You just try to basically like survive long enough and travel far enough in a decent enough time that you make it to Canada, uh, before all of your characters either die or, you know, tragedy befalls them. Uh, and the closer you get to Canada, the harder, the harder it gets because you're like coming from Florida or something. Um, but it's just like genuinely like really good. It's one of those games you'd look at and you're like, Oh, that's probably like kind of shit. But then when you actually like sit down and play it, um, you realize like, wait, this music is actually pretty like freaking catchy and the gameplay loop is pretty satisfying. And it really is one of those games where like it's it's hard, like it's punishingly hard and it's also got that like luck element to it as well. But when you have a good run, you're like having a lot of fun, but you can't get too comfortable because as soon as you like stop paying attention, you can get completely overrun by zombies if you like make a bad call in in a, in a particular location. Um, you know, standard roguelike game type stuff but i've been uh i've been really digging the roguelikes recently and a lot of them work really well uh for the like steam deck form factor so like any any time that i go anywhere i'm i i typically am either bringing my switch or my steam deck and they're like definitely uh fulfilling their like use case really really nicely that's cool uh matt what about you me? Yeah, you've been playing Breath of the Wild? No, or, hell no. Tears of the Kingdom? Neither. Uh, I've been playing Dead Island 2. 
equally as high quality. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good game. Yeah, it is a good game. It's just a game that is very, I would say, self-aware and knows where it knows like where it's at. And it's just a classic good game. Yeah, it's just a game that works. It's does nothing super special, uh, cracks a bunch of jokes. It uh, knows its technical limitations. It has smaller maps. It doesn't have like absolutely massive hordes of zombies and stuff like that. It's just a very much, very much a just a good game, actually, which is pretty fun. Uh, We've beat it on one campaign and I'm playing on another character um, with my buddy Alex as well. We're half ish through the story on that other campaign. So I've played the campaign 1.5 times approximately, Uh, but there's actually more side missions than there are story missions, uh, which we were kind of surprised for that type of game. Anyway, we were kind of surprised, but that's okay. It's, it's been pretty fun. Um, I mean, very slight spoiler, but I really like that. The only person that we see from the old games is Sam B. I I really enjoy that. They brought Sam B back. But they had, um, to. They had, they had to. to. They had to. Yeah. Who do you voodoo? <laughs> I hear he's got that thing that goes bump in the night. Damn it. <laughs> Man, it's even that damn song even makes an appearance in Dying Light 2. You like go over to like a record play. And he's like, who do you voodoo? Like, <laughs> who, who do I voodoo? <laughs> who do I voodoo? There's also a, a pretty funny. Uh, this isn't even a story thing. This is just a side thing. You can hear characters talking to each other. And there's this really old actor because you're in L.A. or L.A. as they call it. And he's talking to Sam about one of the movies that he was in. And apparently that movie tried to get in touch with Sam V's uh, producer or agent so that they could get the song. Who do you voodoo? But like his his agent never answered or something. It's really stupid, but I I really enjoy it. Um, so that that that's been a ton of fun. Uh, other than that, I guess on the more like I'll never stop playing this thing ever because it never ends. Game side of things is I've been casually playing Divinity Two, Beyond Divinity Two, whatever you want to call it. Um, that game will never freaking end. Uh, it's ridiculous. Every time you turn around, there's something else that you need to do or you get stopped because it's like, hey, there's an encounter. Let's go over there. You go over there, get your absolute ass kicked in like one hit. <laughs> and it's like, well, all right, turn around, go there somewhere else. What's going on down here? Have a little chat with somebody. Hey, you go in there first. All right, cool. Go in there. Oh, what's that? Bang. All right. Dead again. Uh, so very similar to another game that we're playing called, uh, called Baldur's Gate 3 on stream. We've been doing that. Um I, I'm enjoying Divinity. The only complaint I have with it is with Baldur's Gate 3, I find they do it better in Baldur's Gate where we'll, we'll like we'll all be playing it and we'll get stuck on an encounter. And then we leave that encounter and we go do some other stuff. Then we come back and no- normally we're able to beat it. We're able to beat it either by just us, you know, sort of figuring out a way to like push people off ledges or set up traps or just we're more powerful and we win. But with Divinity, there's no push mechanic. There's no jump mechanic. And I'm like finding myself like, okay, you know, I've done 10 side quests now. I would like to proceed in the story, walk up the road. Oh, that person's four levels ahead of me. While they're level 14, I'm level 10. Four levels is 40% more levels. It's like, okay, where the fuck do I go? And I find that Baldur's Gate is just paced a little better, maybe designed a little better. Uh, in that way so far, Baldur's Gate 3 is obviously still in early access, 
but divinity, like we looked it up and a lot of people or not, maybe not a lot of people, but some people were certainly saying like, Hey, I'm stuck. Like I, I, I'm under leveled. I literally can't do this. This isn't a tactic that I, that I can overcome. This is I'm showing up and I'm being killed in one hit. And so people are like, okay, you know, you have to do this. They're like scour guides, find all the quests. And it's like, are these really side quests if they're kind of mandatory? I don't know. That that feels a little weird, but it's fine. Um, again, very casually playing that, playing that, you know, maybe once a week, if that type of thing here and there. Uh, been itching actually to, actually to get back to Cyberpunk. I haven't in a while, mm-hmm. uh, but plan on plan on hopefully getting back to that. I uh, enjoyed playing it on my Steam Deck, so I'm probably going to play a couple more sessions on my Steam Deck at the very least uh, before I hop back into it on PC. But um, I think... I think that's uh, I think that's been my week. Uh, my week has been um, good. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been playing a lot of uh, Jedi Survivor. Oddly enough, um, I it, it inspired me to re-download Fallen Order on my PC for some reason, and so I've also been playing through that. I don't know why. Uh, I think maybe just because like I do like to just like play games on PC just to see how they look uh, or see how they run. Um, and so that's a just a bizarre thing I do. <laughs> um, Say that again. But yeah, Jedi Survivor, yeah, like I said, it's rough around the edges. It's it's running okay. Um, but I find, and maybe this is happening as I get older, but when you, when you send me out into a big open world, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, I, I need to go explore this. I'm just like, oh, my God, please. I just want a single path to go down. I don't want to make choices. Um, so that's where I am in my my gaming life is I just want to be handheld <laughs> through a through a game. So like like Jedi Survivor has these areas that kind of open up and it's just like, I, I, I got to talk to all these people. They're all going to have missions and it's going to add another 10 hours onto my play. So is uh, it really that much like open? In Survivor, it's definitely not like a Breath of the Wild or anything like that. Well, it's sure, not like yeah, a big open world, but each planet tends to have some major ex- exploration area, and in those areas, there's like dungeons and caves and you know buildings and stuff that you can spend like 10, 20 minutes exploring, right? So it just all adds up, and and obviously they sprinkle side quests throughout and, and whatnot, collectibles. Oh my god, the collectibles! So. But no, I'm, I'm making my way through it. I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Uh, the story's cool. It's incorporating maybe a minor spoiler, but it's incorporating High Republic stuff. I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with that yet. It's a fairly new addition to the Star Wars universe. Um, the High Republic takes place uh, 200 years before the prequels, and it's basically the golden era of the Republic. You know, the Republic is on the top of their game. The Jedi are at the top of their game. Life's good. You know. Um, but eventually bad things do happen, um, in, in the high Republic story. Um, so they, they're, they're kind of tying that in, which is a lot of fun as a, as a Star Wars fan who's been reading all that content. So that's cool. Um, and then I've been doing breath of the wild. I've been playing on my, on my switch itself, not on my TV. Um, I just got a notification that my pro controller for tears of the kingdom has been delivered. I don't know where it is. So it might be it might be missing. I don't know. I'm a little worried. Um, and that's it. Other than that, the standard Overwatch, Fortnite, 
And then uh, a little bit of uh, uh, Dead Island 2. Bashing the skulls in in hell A. Man, I was watching a, a YouTuber play it and they kept calling it Hella because the game does not oh. <laughs> it, it just shows you the text of like mm-hmm. hell a no a character like no character calls it hell a so you never hear it spoken so they're like why are they calling it hella and i'm just like i suppose i didn't even see the marketing material for this game and i know that it's supposed to be hell a mm-hmm. like i know <laughs> that it's a pun i don't How know do you not character get never says it like i don't know if they never say it but they certainly don't say it in the beginning of the game it's not like it's not always referred to as that for sure. Definitely not. But I'm pretty sure someone might have just said it as, you know, they'll just be like, "Oh, it's just another day in LA," something like that. Yeah, those offhandedly. Yeah, um, I don't know for certain though. But <laughs> this is the part where I say LA. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Looking right in the camera. That that <laughs> game is fucking gory. Holy crap! I don't know if that's being talked about enough. It's 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 incredible how many ways these bodies break apart <laughs> in that that's, game. That's that's the thing that I saw too. Is like with the same video, like the people playing it on, uh, <laughs> on YouTube. Was they just they found a body? Like they got out of the kind of tutorial area, they found a body, and they just started punching it, and then like it started like ripping chunks off the guy, yeah. like ripping his clothes off and stuff. And they're like, oh, and they keep doing it, and they keep just punching him. No weapons or anything, just bare fists, <laughs> punching this body for like almost a full minute straight and they basically reduce it to just a bloody skeleton oh like, all of the all of the meat all the flesh all the clothing all the organs very slowly chipped away at until it's it impressive just, yeah it was i was like this is so gross but this is actually genuinely like something i have never seen in a game before yeah yeah, I remember um, when they were doing the dead space uh, remake they were talking about you know how you can blow off like muscles and chunks of the the what are they necromorphs yep um and the, that that was like a, such a cool thing and then freaking dead island comes out of nowhere and just has amazing physics when, in, when involving these zombies and it's literally like wherever you slice your blade a cut appears and not just yep. like a 2d you know bloodline like a, yeah like i don't know if you've ever seen like 70s movies where they they cut someone and it's clearly they put paint on the knife and yeah. you're just drawing a line <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. not like that like you actually see the destruction happen. It's just incredible. And he's like, you can cut a back off. You can cut off like the 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 side of the torso. You can cut off arms at multiple points, hands only. And chop it's his body off. Faces you can cut off. You know, it's just ridiculous. I don't know what kind of technology went into that, but it's it's amazing. And I know it sounds weird to be kind of like you know happy about this, but <laughs> it makes the game kind of fun when you're when you're killing zombies like that. It makes it extremely immersive to get that instant feedback of like yeah, especially exactly when you're used is. to like video game logic of like you know walk up to the guy you know like a like an assassin's greed game like walk up to the guy slash him 70 times with a sword until his health yeah. bar runs out and then he dies whereas like now you can genuinely just like walk up to somebody and uh you know slash them in the upper arm and it like puts a a, a hack in their you know like bicep and then hack the inside of their thigh and it like blows the chunk of meat off the inside of their thigh and you can keep hacking at that thigh until the leg comes off and like yeah it's way more it's way more immersive to uh to have a, a system like that right mm-hmm. yeah vr is next vr dead island 2 oh god just get in there and just rip the flesh out like make the oh. cut and just rip with your hands See, that might oh. be a step too far it's like you can grab their head and their shoulder and just keep pulling and pulling and pulling until you pull their head off. Fuck yeah. Oh man. 
and you can like upgrade your strength so like the higher <laughs> that is the the easier you can uh, rip and tear until it is done oh i don't I, want that i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> people that'd be great i can't wait to see the headlines like vr game causes people to genuinely throw up and this time <laughs> it's not because of motion sickness I, I i generally don't get bothered by gory things but i think if i was in there with my face Right up, yeah. uh, right up on you it. Have like, to use your teeth too. You have to like, grab their face oh. and bite and rip. Oh, their... use your oh. teeth! <laughs> it's got teeth recognition technology. You get like muscle like fibers stuck in your teeth. Oh, what? What are we gonna <laughs> use to simulate that? <laughs> I was gonna say, how are we simulating getting stuff stuck in yeah, your someone, teeth? Someone will come up with like a drumstick and just like you'll you'll chew on the drumstick as you. Somebody comes <laughs> up. With... <laughs> just like hire a guy. Hey, yeah. I'm just gonna sound like a weird request. And I know this is Craigslist, but can you feed me? Can you feed me raw chicken drumsticks while I play this VR not zombie raw. game? Don't have yeah, to be raw. raw. You don't want to kill raw yourself here. Well, you got to simulate the flesh. It's like cooked flesh on <laughs> these zombies. Just some KFC ones. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Day One Patch Podcast. <laughs> has been. This is the yeah. end of it. This that, is the last episode. Broke, yeah. That's a fuck the camel's back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tim, where can people find you streaming? You, you doing the Tears of the Kingdom uh, on all your streams? Yeah, I've been doing it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll eventually do something different once I probably finish the story and stuff. It's funny because like nobody was, or rather, everybody was playing Tears of the Kingdom when it came out. Like my entire, my entire following page was all Tears of the Kingdom, and now it's like maybe a third of the people are playing Tears of the Kingdom because I guess everybody started playing it because they want wants to like jump on the hype and then they yeah. saw that everyone was playing it and they're like oh shit there's no sense in me doing this because you know the viewership is so split across so many streams i may as well like go back to doing something else being a little bit a little bit different right mm -hmm. but for those of us who are still playing it now it's just like now there's only you know so many people playing it uh on stream anymore because everyone kind of i don't know got like scared off of it or whatever i don't know but uh yeah, I've been playing it. I'll probably be playing it for, I don't know, maybe another two weeks. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it really is one of those games like with, like with um, Breath of the Wild, it's the same thing. They've made this playground and they've given you the tools to interact with the world and basically just said like, all right, go for it. You know, have fun. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's Breath of the Wild, but it's even more again of like, you have all the same stuff that you could do in Breath of the Wild. And now you've got, you know, the entire underground to explore, the entire sky to explore, and a bunch of new tools and ways to do it. And I'm genuinely really excited to start seeing how, like, speedrun tech evolves for this game. Because I think that the uh, potential there is uh, so much greater than it was for, uh, for Breath of the Wild. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But that's going to take, you know, it'll take weeks, and then it'll take months, and then it'll take years. But yeah. uh, it's it's going to be really cool to see because one of my favorite things to do in, in Breath of the Wild was taking advantage of the of the um, like jumping and dropping a bomb and then dropping another bomb and blowing up the first bomb to knock the second one into Link so that he goes like flying through the air at a super high speed, uh, which is like a really commonly used trick in speedrunning for a lot of years of that game. Um, and it just made like traversal so much more fun to just like launch yourself super far into the sky at a really high speed. Uh, and be able to get around places really quickly doing that so i'm really interested to see like what sort of tricks are developed to replace that because tears of the kingdom does not have the same like toolkit that breath of the wild had yeah 
Um, so we'll we'll see what people can come up with. But in terms of the like the building mechanic in this game, like people have made like some insane, some very stuff. naughty things. Is what uh, I've seen. Yeah, everyone everyone's seen that clip. Everyone knows what you're talking about. It's when incredible. You, when it's you fantastic. say that. It was ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the face lands right next to him at the end, face down, burning so good. Um, but like I've seen somebody that made literally like a mech, like Link gets up to the top of it, and it's like he's controlling by the stick, and then it's like walking with arms and legs and firing cannons at enemies and stuff. Just like a Crazy. giant, like it's literally like Liberty Prime walking around freaking Hyrule Field. It's insane. Oh yeah. <laughs> somebody made like a multi-stage rocket, like it's there's a the, the the creativity right is is endless and i can only imagine it's like exactly what you know the zelda team hoped for when they started putting this stuff together but uh yeah twitch.tv slash the sidetrack as per the usual five days a week uh generally pretty long long streams and i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying not to you know like milk it too much but i am genuinely just getting like extremely distracted every time that i like go into a new area and i'm like okay this is my goal oh what's the other you know there's a shrine we'll do that that's along the way oh there's like a thing here i can go launch up and yeah okay so i can fly around here well since i'm up in the sky anyway i may as well like clear this island <laughs> what was i doing again okay I'll go back down here continue on my path oh here's an npc what do you need oh you just need me to really quickly go up this mountain and come back okay i can do that oh there's a korok here to help like and it's just like there's all these little goddamn things everywhere these little these little check marks these little tasks to complete but it's uh it's been a lot of fun and like everybody's having the same the same experience with their playthrough right so yeah it's uh it's really good all right and we stream wednesdays at uh 9 p.m eastern uh twitch.tv slash day one patch media uh are we gonna keep doing the bogus gate yeah it's been streaming for quite a while terribly but. much more to do um and august is just around the corner oh jesus it's true yeah all yep. right well, that's it. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Peace.